Welcome everybody to What's Up Fandom. My name is Josh, and I'm joined by uh, one of my good friends, Mr. Carl Valentine. Yep, it's me. Uh, it's been quite a while. The last time you were on, we chatted about Castlevania. That was quite a while ago, and that's had a couple seasons after that, I believe. Well, just one. Just one after, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's been confirmed for another one, so... Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure how to feel about it. Season 1 season 2 were pretty good. Season 3, I was kind of... Uh, it was good. What? Oh, shoot. What's his name? Uh, tre- uh, it's Trevor? No, no, I'm okay about the Belmonts. Um, that's already a thing. That's fine. I'll talk about the, the white-haired dude. Alucard. No, not Alucard. Maybe he's blonde? Or maybe he's brown-headed? He's the guy that can create the monsters. Oh, yeah. I liked him. Uh, he was my favorite. Yeah, he's actually got a video game behind him. It's Castlevania Curse of Darkness. Oh, I really? Yeah, yeah. that Forge Master thing, that's actually in a Castlevania game. It's on the PS2. Is he, like, the main character? Yeah, he is. Ooh. Yeah. And the opposite, you know, the opposite Forge Master, the, uh, the other guy, uh-huh. he, he was in it, too. Oh. I don't think they're the same characters, but, I mean, you know. But, but the same type of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, are those included in that, like, Switch thing, that Castlevania Switch thing, where it's, like, all the Castlevanias? Or no. It's just, like, the Belmont Castlevanias. Unfortunately, that one, um, I picked that up right when it came out because uh, I'm a huge Castlevania fan. It's got Castlevania 1, Castlevania 2, Castlevania 3, Super Castlevania, which was on the Super Nintendo. Uh, it's also got, like, the Genesis Castlevania, which was called Bloodlines here in uh, North America, but the new generation, I believe, in the United Kingdom. Don't know why. I guess Bloodlines was offensive. Too much blood for America. And there was also, let's see here, there are a couple Game Boy games on it, and a unreleased Japanese Kid Dracula game, which played like a chibi Castlevania game. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm I want to play Kid Dracula. <laughs> Kid Dracula is also, if that is not like a rapper's name, Kid Drax should totally be a rapper name. Like, they only rap about Vampire the Masquerade, but that is what Kid Dracula does. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's what I want. That'd be awesome. Uh, Carl, by the way, you're, uh, you're, you and Gavin are the only two people that have ever done a recording in the studio. Everybody else, because of COVID, <laughs> we've had to do remotely. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I am I am honored to be. Oh, you're wearing your ASP shirt. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Sitting I'm wearing here, a Star Trek lower deck shirt. Sitting here in sunny SoCal, Suckle. soaking up the sun. It's six forty-eight. There's no sun anymore. It's it's already down. That light that you're seeing is whatever's going on outside. We, we probably shouldn't investigate that. No, I would close those blinds. Um, so, Carl, we're here to talk about... Well, first off, we watched a movie today. You're, you're visiting from the great state of Oklahoma. I am. Uh, Josh, if you can, insert, I don't know, Boomer Sooner or something. I don't know. That'd be awesome. <clears throat> That'd be fun. Can I use that? Is that... Do I have to get OU's permission to no, use Boomer Sooner? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, don't, I, can't, I don't have to for, to get, like, you know... Oklahoma, because that's that's like public domain, isn't that's it? That's true. That yeah. would, was that was that Roger and Hammerstein's? Hammerstein? I think so. I think so. The Broadway musical. I think so. Yeah. You know that was actually the lyrics on the Oklahoma uh, your driver's license for some time. Was You're the, doing fine, Oklahoma. It was a script for your. I, I kid you not. That's amazing. 
Oklahoma, still the uh, only state in the union with a Broadway musical piece as their state song. I don't think anybody else has one. No. Also, one of the only, I think the only state in the union with a Broadway musical named after their state. (laughs) That's true. I don't think. That's true. Aren't we the only, uh, uh, isn't Oklahoma also the only state that's capital is basically the same name because the capital new york oh yeah that's right is the capital of new york city new york is it new york new york or is it like albany it's albany isn't it i think it's albany i could be wrong i don't know there's also there, well there's kansas city which is not the capital yeah it's not the capital but there's also one in missouri yeah kansas city the stupidest place it's like we got a Kansas City, Missouri, and a Kansas City, Kansas. Josh, you just lost like 10 subscribers with that comment. Oh, yeah, no one cares. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, our, oh, I'm worried about our Kansas listeners. What are you going to do? <laughs> Tell an antelope on me? Sorry, you guys, it, It's it, you got antelopes. I, I can't. Josh edited that out. Um, this is only going to have like five minutes of like actual... actual like yeah. audio the rest is going to be like this is the shortest episode ever basically um this i mean th- so the reason that we're doing this is because uh you came down to visit me during covid so i thank you um no problem and we we've just been hanging out uh these last couple days which has been fun and we watched we've been watching a lot of stuff i got you into star trek lower decks lower decks is awesome uh i had you watch some wrestling Wrestling Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, that the guy's best awesome. wrestler. Um, we watched The Turning. We did based on uh, the turn of the screw mm-hmm. from Henry James or Henry Cavill, one of the two. Uh, uh, Henry James. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we watched that. Uh, we're gonna watch The Handmaiden later, and then the season finale of Lower Decks. I'm excited about that. Which uh, that'll date this episode. Who cares? But the main reason that we're going to talk today is we both... How Carl, where did we meet? We met because we had the same... Uh, we worked at the same place together. And what was that place? That place is Movie 6 in Shawnee, Oklahoma, in the Shawnee Mall. Mm-hmm. For uh, a company that is gone. Yeah, yeah, Wallace Theaters. Uh Should well, we work for two companies that are now gone. Well, yeah, um the the man that owned Wallace Theaters, um he he originally bought it from somebody else and they were named Hollywood Theaters, so he transitioned back to that name. But Hollywood Theaters unfortunately had the had the idea of, "Hey, let's really build a bunch of movie theaters and go into massive debt." So they wound up selling to I think it was Regal back in 2012, 2013, somewhere around that. Did they – what is – is Jones Regal? I thought they were AMC. Uh, Jones is AMC. The one that occupies Movie 6 now is AMC, and they're backed by the local guy who's uh, Jones Theaters. Uh, last I heard, he owns he owns 50% of the business, and AMC owns 50% of the business, but I don't think anyone's going to be owning 50, any part of the business, especially after uh, – with everything that's going on in Hollywood. Yeah, it's it's a business that is definitely losing money. Plus, I mean, it's in the Shawnee Mall. Like, I haven't been there in years. Like, how's the Shawnee Mall doing? Well, I can speak because not only did I work at Movie 6, but I am currently a, a security officer 
working at the Shawnee Mall, and it's not exactly that busy. Let's put it that way. There's there's not much left. Do they still have a Bean and Berry? Or not the, the Bean and Berry. What did they call it? Because it wasn't Bean and Berry anymore. Oh, it wasn't like the yeah. Tea shop or yeah no it's something. gone no it's gone we we had a we had an arcade move in that's it's a namco arcade so it's called pac-man cafe and they bought that and extended it and now it's that's closed down due to covid too so so where did they where did they put that is that like where tilt used to be because that was the old arcade no they put it right um you remember uh right where bean and berry was in that and then basically in the center of the mall yeah that that area right next to it, next to Bean and Berry, that's all Pac-Man Cafe. It's a huge oh, wow. arcade thing. Yeah, that's you, not even open right now. It's got some hours of being open, but you don't arcade Na, Namco Arcade. I hate to say it's just not going to be a huge draw for a lot of people. I mean, I also like how you went Namco Arcade. Like, why not do like the more popular and do the Bandai Cafe? Well, they've got Pac-Man everywhere, and I mean, for like an old school guy like me, I I grew up like we had Tilt in the mall, and I loved arcades. But you know, today's kids, they're gonna be like, man, I can sit at home and yeah, I can download Pac-Man Championship Edition and play it at my house. So I I haven't seen any here. I mean, I've also not really looked here. I'm sure there are, but. When like I know in Dallas, like we did a D and D thing up in Dallas with uh, some voice actors from Funimation, and it was a uh, it was a, a computer arcade. So they had high tech computers with you know really fast internet, and like people were playing like League and like Fortnite. That's awesome and stuff like that. And I was like, this is a really cool concept. I've never been to like a computer cafe. Or like an internet cafe, I guess. That's really cool. And it was really interesting. I was like, man, this is really cool. So like we were playing D and D, so like we were all analog and everybody else is playing. <laughs> but it was cool because like there were people that would come up and like watch us play D and D and they were like, Oh, cool. Like what this is Cause, like they had they have seen D and D on like critical role and stuff uh-huh. like that. But they've never actually seen D and D in real life and so, how people really play. So let me ask you, Josh, um did where was this? This was in Dallas. This is in Dallas? See, I, I think that may be a little bit of an extension because I could be wrong here, but, you know, like id Software, I think they were based closer to Austin. I could be completely wrong yeah, about I that. Yeah, I think but, id's in Austin, but, I mean, Okratron is in, they do all, like, the, the like the DBZ games and stuff like that. They're all But back when there. I was a teenager. I think Gearbox is in. Oh, yeah, Gearbox. I, don't, I think they're in Texas. I don't, I don't know if they're in Dallas or Austin. But uh, id Software, that was a big company when I was growing up because they had, like, Doom and they had Quake and really, like, the kind of the idea of, like, getting computers together. Like, really the first instance I ever saw that was, like, QuakeCon where people would take their computers down and just play Quake for a solid three, four days. See, that's cool. Uh-huh. I don't even know if they do that anymore. I think they still do Quake Cons, but they stopped making Quake games for some time. Well, I mean, they don't need to make Quake games. I mean, it's like the Half-Life engine. Like, people don't need... Like, people do so much stuff in Gary's Mod yeah. that it's like, people create whole games in Gary's Mod. And mm. it's like, well, why would we need to release Half-Life 3 when we're already making all this money off of Gary's Mod? It's well, like, they sell hats and all kinds of stuff in there. Well, it's just like, eh. Valve's not going to, I hate to say that, but they're not interested in Half-Life 3 right now. They're making too much money off Steam. You oh, know, yeah. that's their platform, so. They literally don't need a gaming section. They just need to just stay, keep it up. 
section, no. just like a maintenance group and like customer service because like they they don't need to make any games anymore. No, no, they're just a platform. But um, you know that that's one of the things that I do miss from like when I was a kid. You know, like the Shawnee Mall, we had um, we had of course we had a GameStop, which before that it was um EB Games, mm-hmm. and so we had that. We also had a Tilt. Um, which was really cool. You could go in and Tilt had like House of the Dead and, you know, your standard arcade fair games. Matter of fact, uh, before Tilt closed, they had uh, probably one of the first DDR uh, machines that I ever saw in my life, Dance Dance Revolution. I wish I would have, I mean, I wish I would have had money when Tilt closed because I would have loved to have bought some of those games, some of those machines. Because, I mean, even now I'm like, there'll be like Galaga machine and I'm just like, man, Mm-hmm. Or just any machine, and I'm just like, it would be so cool to have one. No, like, they would. That'd be like an awesome little display thing, and it'd be fun to play. But so, Josh, when did you? Uh, I know we worked together at Movie Six. When when did you start? I started um, March of 2005. Okay. So I was I had just turned 16, and the reason I wanted that was because. They were the Xbox 360 was coming out and it was like, hey, you want to get an Xbox 360? He's like, I gotta buy my own. Um, so it was like, I'll get the job, I'll get an Xbox 360 because it comes out in November. I'll get my Xbox 360 and then I'll quit. And then I stayed. <laughs> Movie Six guts has that gravitational pull. There's a there there's a lot of people that you know that I worked with that. I was grateful for that job. It was my first job, just really kind of post college, and so um, it was. It was. I would just really say honestly, it was a magical place. It was. There were there. The, it, it sounds like uh, it was at the beginning of War and Peace. It was the best in, of times, and it was the worst of times. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really true for Movie Six. I worked with some really good people. Isn't that a tale of two cities? I think it is. I have the book. I'd have to look. I don't it want probably to. is. It probably is. Um, but yeah, I I agree. Like I've so of the fifteen years that I've been in the workforce, those three have been the best time that I've had ever at work. Probably best three years of my life too. Well, like because I I had friends, I had disposable income. I had all the movies that I could ever want, movies that I didn't want, cars. And we're uh, guys, we're going to talk about movies. Uh don't worry about it. Like I think some of the opinions that we have on movies are not based on the movies themselves. It's working at the theater and having to deal with the people that went to the movies. Well, part of the problem... Like Hancock. I'm sure you have lovely memories of Hancock. Yeah, that was... Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the part of the problem is is because it entices you with the idea of, oh, free popcorn, free movies. Well, you're going to pay for that movie, just not mm-hmm. in ways of money. You're you're gonna pay. You're gonna pay in other ways. Yeah. You're gonna have really bad memories of like when a movie melts down because this is not digital. This is back in the old analog days of 35 millimeter. So literally, we had to cut movies together, and that film would wrap around one of the things that was dispensing it, called a platter. And because it would do that, 
it would stop in the middle of the projector and because that light coming through it so hot would catch it on fire and we'd have yep, to deal with that. And it would that. just burn through. So whenever you see that like effect of like that and like the old film and like the burns, it's like that's exactly what it did. That's not a just a dramatic thing that happens. Like that is what happens no. to film. Yeah, there's literally a fire going on. Because like that, you would turn the projector on and like there would be a little light and like you would have to have like a little hood that would catch the light and when you had the hood on because that light was on all the time basically um and then when when you turn the when you turn the hood down that's when the light would shine through uh and dude i remember like my first brain wrap like still to this day i remember the (laughs) first time i had to deal with a brain wrap and i was like i have no idea what to do here man this is all so crazy i'm scared yeah, it, it 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 was, and I don't know about your opinion about it, Josh, but like you know, we were young. You know, that was that was kind of one of my first jobs that I ever really had. It was is, and it was yeah. really my first job in having to deal with like coworkers. Now, granted, I was a little bit older than everyone else there, but we were all still pretty young. Um, your standard uh, movie employees are going to be teenagers. It's going to be a lot of them for their first job, and so they learn a lot of things on the job. And they either come to toe the line or they get kicked out pretty quick because it is a job. And unfortunately, with that, there are some problems you're going to face on a daily basis. Yeah, there there were people that, oh, God, from the people that I started with, was Brady was there before I was, wasn't he? Yeah, Brady was. Um, So the people that I started with, were you, I mean, that I ended up leaving with Yeah, was just you and Brady. Yeah, that's it. I don't think anybody else was there. So in three years, only two people that I started work there with were there when I left. Because mm-hmm. Cambria came after I did because I got kind of got her the job. Well, I yeah. didn't get her the job. I like recommended, and like, hey, come work here. Um, and then Holly was after Cambria. Yep. Karina and Cody yeah. were before Cambria. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica, I don't remember when Je- Jessica came in and then left and came back again. Did, yeah. did, didn't she leave once and then come back? Yeah, she did. Um, then there was Jennifer. Uh-huh. And Robin and Renee. Uh-huh. Who was that one dude who I yelled at? He was a projectionist. Oh. Uh... Man, you're digging into... He didn't work there that long. No, he no, he didn't. He's a very younger, good-looking dude. Was that Peter? Did we call him Peter? It, it may have been Peter. Yeah, yeah, because he, he, he wound up working at, like, uh, uh, Santa Fe, I believe, after that. Uh, yeah, that's the dude who told me to hurry up cleaning the theater. It was a sold-out auditorium for, and opened the window in projection and told me to hurry up cleaning and i was like bro like i don't care if you're the projectionist man like you get down here and help well uh, i know this may be a bad comparison but if you guys have never worked at a movie theater the best comparison that i have to it did you ever see that movie had dane cook in it It also had um uh ryan reynolds in it uh was waiting it was just it wasn't justin long was Justin was Long? Was it in Justin that? Long? I think he was. 
You, you you talk about waiting, or which we had waiting, didn't we? Yeah, we had waiting. <laughs> we saw it, and honestly, that's the best comparison to working at a movie theater. Even though I know its setting is a restaurant, but it's pretty analogous to kind of what happens in a movie theater. Justin Long was in it, and so is John Francis Daly. John Francis Daly was the new guy. That's right. Sweets from the, uh, Bones. That's and right. Whatever his name was in Freaks and Geeks. Oh yeah, Baby Sweets. Is what he was. He was just baby sweets. That's how I like whenever like Oliver and I talk about him. It's like when we talk about freaks and geeks. It's like, oh yeah, baby sweets. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but um, yeah, movie six. That was it was it was exciting to work with a lot of people there. Um, but it was it was at times just a really stressful job, and it's because we had to deal not only with the public. We had to deal with it's it's a it's a venue for entertainment. So it's one of the things where people would come in, you know, they get there to get their refreshment, they get their drinks, they get their popcorn, and then they go into their movie. Uh, and, you know, they don't particularly look at, like, theater workers, you know, in a high light. They tend to lump us all together, you know, we're younger, we're teenagers, we're not serious about our jobs. And, you know, that was not really true because most of the people that I worked with they took their job pretty seriously if someone didn't really want to work at the movie theater they got weeded out quick because it honestly wasn't a job where you took it lackadaisically you had to be pretty serious about it yeah I mean we were talking last night like Richard was probably one of the best people in concession he was one like he was very no nonsense like he did his job yeah um same thing I'd say with you know cambrian box like when we weren't when we were on set like she was she was in it and then we were we weren't on set you know it was kind of like you can joke a little bit and that's the best part about i that's one of the reasons that i i think working at the theater never got old because it wasn't like a bank or a you know anything like that where it's constant work it was you were you worked for a little bit there was a good hour probably hour yeah hour that you were on set and then you were off was that what we called it set yeah right? we called Didn't them we? sets yeah um so we had we had set and then you would be offset for a good like two hours yeah because like a movie's two hours long basically and that would be when you would clean the auditorium i mean not the auditorium so you would clean the um the the, the concessions, concessions uh the hallways everything make, make sure bathrooms make sure everything looked good um because the moment that those movies ended, they were getting trashed again. No, because all the people coming out are just gonna like mess everything up. No, exactly. The, um, then you had to clean the theaters, and then you were back on set. Yeah, and really, the uh, movie six, just because of where it kind of is, just being in Shawnee, Oklahoma. You know, most of the time, unless in, if it was during the summer. And we had summer blockbusters coming out. It would be busy. And then we'd be busy during the holidays. But for, I would say, probably seven or eight months out of the year, there's not much going on in a given day. Well, Fridays and Saturdays, I don't think we ever had a Friday and Saturday that was just, like, dead. Uh, That's true. But, I mean, it's also because it's a Friday and Saturday. Yeah. But, like, yeah, there would be, you know, like, Tuesdays and, like, Wednesdays when there was nada. Like, nobody was going. Maybe have, like, 30 people the entire day. And it's just like, well, we opened at 3 and closed at 10. <laughs> we worked 7 hours, and we had 30 people. Yeah. Yeah, and what's great, what what I, uh, what Josh pointed out is what one of the reasons I really liked it is because in a 
hour period that you were going to work, you were probably actually doing probably what, maybe three hours of actual productive yeah. work. The rest of the time you just sat around and waited for something to do. Now, th- th- there could always be like problems such as like he mentioned brain wrapping, which is where the film wraps around this little thing that put, little pushes off the ladder. Like- yeah, moves the film into gotta, the projector. You got to deal with that. You may have, you know, where the bathrooms get completely trashed out, and that'll take you some time. The worst thing that, honestly, that I kind of never liked was, like, when it was very busy, of how much popcorn you had to pop. Because we had, we had a, unfortunately, we had a popper in the back that was subpar. If you remember, we inherited one from uh, Heritage Plaza 5 that was a much better popcorn machine and like the one before it, it had a hole in the side of the kettle and literally popcorn had fall on the side of it and catch on fire as it was popping popcorn. It was horrible. Yeah. Here's here's the thing, guys. Uh this this all was from years ago. We both stopped working there in 2008. Yeah. So it's been 12 years. So everything has been fixed more than likely. It got taken over by Jones. I would assume most of the things there got fixed. I hope to go. So everything that we're talking about now, do not take it. Like if you live in Shawnee and are worried about going to movie six, this more than likely you'll never see this. No, no. And if you went to movie six during these times, statue of limitations is over. So it's been 12 years. Um, with that popping, that popper machine that like we had the one out front, Mm-hmm. And I always ask, why can't we ever use this one? Because it didn't work. It didn't work. So what we would have to do, the stupidest thing ever, we would pop popcorn in the back room and then have to take it in little, like, plastic tubs and move it over into this other popper. It was the dumbest thing ever. Or sometimes when we were super busy, we would just get it out of the back room and, like, throw it over there. Uh-huh. Um, just cause it was like, oh, well, there you go, uh, here. And then we would call it fresh popcorn, just meaning that it was hot. Um, so if we did that all the time and the, the way that the oil for popcorn comes, it would come in a big bucket and there would be two ways. It would either be solid liquid, this cocoa, was it cocoa butter? It was coconut butter. The coconut butter. It would be solid liquid or it would be a i'm sorry not solid liquid it would be a liquid or it would be a solid block of cocoa butter yeah and i think i personally liked working with the solid ones more than the liquid ones. oh yeah because the liquid ones because you had to like pry the tops off and if you moved it too much it would splash everywhere and trying to get like melted cocoa butter off the floor terrible well that coconut butter you know it was it came and it was orange Mm -hmm. it was uh i dealt with mainly when it when it was solid you know when i when i worked up in the i don't want to say the elite part but like when i was assistant and general uh manager over movie six like i really didn't see the liquid one so you guys kind of messed with that one Uh. but that solid the coconut butter. As a matter of fact, do you remember when we had that scoop and we just scoop it out and put yeah, it in the kettle? Yeah, because what we would have to do with with this thing is so it would be a solid block of uh, coconut oil, and the inside of the popper, it had a pump, and it would be a heating mechanism that was in the pump. So you would – basically, and it would go all the time so that the 
oil would always be liquid. So you would have to stick this stupid apparatus and like hold it on while it melted a funnel into this stupid cocoa butter yep. so that you could put it in there and actually be able to use the switch. But then sometimes that heating mechanism just wouldn't work. No, it's true. And it would just be like, nah, I'm good today. I don't want to work. Well, it was so... So you would have to get a stupid scoop and scoop this cocoa butter, which got all over everything. And I will say, like, I'm pretty sure the reason that my hands are still so soft is because of all that cocoa butter that we used for three years. That's true. Well, and and uh, that that apparatus, you remember that I always called it the warming sword because that's kind of what it looked <laughs> like to me. Because you literally stuck it in there and then you plugged it in the wall. Mm-hmm. You just plugged it in the wall and waited it for it to melt that, and then eventually you could get to the point where you could pick up that bucket, put it underneath the popper itself, and then finally put this lid on the top that would actually siphon it out into the kettle. Do you remember when you would turn that on and the because uh, it was it would there was a tube that would take it from the the bucket into the uh, into the popper yeah and that would get like jammed yeah just because there would be like for whatever reason a, a chunk of coconut butter wouldn't go down back into the thing at the end of the night. Yeah. So it would solidify and yeah. you would have to try and break up these yep. little, it was disgusting. It was, it was. And do you remember? And you know, it's been such a long time since I've worked at movie six, but so some of my memories kind of faded, but do you remember we had a giant tub uh, like, and like next to this tub we had, when we got popcorn, we got it like uh, if you guys ever picked up like feed for cows, it came in <laughs> bags like that. Those those paper bags, and how much did they weigh? Were they twenty five, thirty five? I don't remember. The I think poundage. they were twenty five pounds. But you had to pick these up and you would open them, and we had this giant Tupperware. It was almost a big. It was a tub sized, like a person could yeah, sit. It was in like it. maybe like maybe ten gallons, like a ten gallon Tupperware yeah. tub, a giant. Tub that, yeah, you could literally lay somebody in it. Yeah, and so we'd put pour the seeds in that, and that's how we I got think, our seeds. Don't quote me on this. I think maybe Jessica may have actually been in there once. You're, pro- uh, uh, I'm, I'm. I not- think that ha- I think we washed it out. I think it was that one of those uh, all employee Saturday morning meetings thing where we were just cleaning everything, and I think we were cleaning that too. And I think she got in there just to see if she could fit. I could see that. And she did. Probably could. Well, you know, when you work with a bunch of teenagers, you're going to have to deal with some shenanigans anyway. And that was part of the magic of that job because you're working with many different people. And honestly, it's just a fun environment, especially, you know, for like younger kids. It's their Mm -hmm. first job. And they kind of learn, you know, just basic tenets of just good workmanship. But with that, you get a lot of fun because for a lot of people, this is our first experience to ever actually have to work a job. You know, they find out that, hey, a movie gets out and it's sold out. Well, you go in there and literally, and I don't know if you have nightmares still about this, but I'll have nightmares about where I'll undo that that barrier or I'll put up the tinsel barrier, which is a barrier which keeps people from coming in there, opening the doors. It's supposed to keep people out. Yeah, it doesn't. But you go in there and literally every aisle's trashed out. There's nacho trays. There's popcorn so that someone someone will take their popcorn bucket and just throw it so there's popcorn everywhere. And so you got to go up and down the aisles of just – sweeping it up and praying you have enough time to do that so you can mm-hmm. get to your next one because if you block those tinsel barriers people are going to be racing to come into that movie theater yep. as soon as they get their ticket 
or they'll be and don't be like this uh wonderful listeners don't be the people that when there's a barrier up just go around it go through it or like take the barrier down those are the people that i hated the most and i remember like when you and i would do it we would just like stand and like look at them (laughs) in the middle of cleaning just be like can you go out it's like why why are you doing that? I'm pretty sure you and I talked about a lot of inappropriate things just to try to get people out of the movie theater. Yeah. Like, hey. We we're... talked about religion a lot <laughs> while we were cleaning just so people would leave. There was that guy in concession that we were just talking and it was like, man, like a, I, I, we said something. What, what what was it? We were talking about purgatory. I don't remember what it was. I don't, yeah, but and the guy's just like, I hate to tell you, purgatory's not real. And it's just like. Yeah, and your religion is <laughs> like, don't go spreading your religion on us, sir. Go back to theater two. You remember uh, what he was watching? Uh, did, did, some garbage. There's movie, been probably. so many movies there, you know, because you worked there from you started in '05 and yeah, I was there right before episode three. See, I was there. I I remember. I think Spider Man came out. Um. Uh, the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, and then for some odd reason, I decided I needed a job, so I applied, and I got—I believe I worked there from 2002. Now I could be wrong about this; I will have to go back and look. It was either 2002 or 2003, all the way up to 2008. So it was a, uh, it was it was a good chunk of my my life in my 20s that I worked at Movie Six. Yeah, like it was—I mean, for someone like me to start off in my very first job tearing tickets to then becoming an assistant manager. Mm-hmm. It was just like, wow. Like in a year I went from tearing tickets to being an assistant manager. Yeah. Um it was it was crazy. It was it was a it was a fun ride. There were a lot of shenanigans. Do we talk about the shenanigans? I think we can talk about some of the shenanigans. I think we can divulge some of the shenanigans because some of the things We won't name names in our shenanigans. No, no, that's no, that's that's not good. We can we can't do that. But there's a when you work with the public, and especially when you work with teenagers, crazy things are gonna are, are really mm-hmm. just gonna happen. And sometimes you can control and, them, and sometimes you cannot. And also, it's like there are other basically teenagers managing other teenagers, which is not a good system, by no, the way. So you were how old were you when you were a GM? I was let's see, um, I was twenty four to twenty seven, basically. Yeah, and I was. 17 to 19 like so i'm a 19 year old as somebody's boss catching them in a theater (laughs) doing no-nos yep uh basically doing the no-no cha-cha and it's like all right guess just don't like that was it was just like Get out of the last Mimsy before, while you're doing this. Before we, we divulge into that, I will say one of the problems that you have with in working at a movie theater is just the common public. Like, Because the common public will come in there and they'll bring some not good things. I can't tell you how many times we went and cleaned a movie theater and we found like beer or... Or what did I tell you, Josh? We found a giant bottle of wild turkey in Scooby-Doo 2. I'm... So sad that someone had to drink to make that movie better. I still have the scar oh, on my yeah, you left do. index finger where I cut myself on a bottle of wild turkey. And Carl, being the best general manager I've ever had in my life, what did you say? I said, well, it's alcohol, so it'll sanitize it. Exactly. <laughs> and what's better, 
we had zero first aid <laughs> in that entire place. That place was being held up. There was a there was a dry a hand dryer in the men's bathroom that was literally held together the electrical components with cardboard <laughs> from a manager that had that and we found God when we found that out that was after he and the other one left yeah left yeah it so, was when you were GM well so it was like two years after he had already left well do you remember the lights we had aisle lights down uh in the floor. And there were just these strip of lights that are always persistently on so people can see when movie starts, they can get out, um, go use the bathroom or buy a concession. And I can't remember, another manager and I actually, we had one of those strips go out. And so we pulled back to where that connected into the wall. And someone took a staple gun and in order to try to staple up the baseboards, stapled the baseboards but also fired into that strip right there and so we're lucky like theater house 2 never caught on fire because it could have it could have that place was so janky and so awesome and i loved whenever it rained because whenever it rained theaters not really theater 4 too much but theater 5 especially and theater 6 all of the ceiling tiles would fall yep and there would be the most horrendous smell of mildew and i don't think we ever told anybody no i mean like when, when people went to go buy a, a movie we never told them oh by the way there's there's some mildew well uh, there's some mildew stuff we, so you would walk in there and be like well i don't think we were trying to advertise you know be like hey you know this movie's got 4d effects literally it's <laughs> raining inside the movie theater as well and we had to replace those ceiling tiles, and it was probably a good 24, 26 feet up in the air. We had to get on this ladder, and we had to paint the tiles, remember that? Yeah, Which, honestly, that was a waste of time. You know that? Yeah. Because they were going to fall it's down. Gonna, also, it's dark, and no one's going to be able to see them up there. No one's going to be like, wait a second, that one's not maroon. <laughs> the only the reason they're going to find it is when that ceiling tile eventually falls, and they're like, oh, it was maroon. <laughs> That's the only time people are ever going to see that those ceiling tiles are marooned. Because, like, we never really turned the floodlights on, like, during a... Thing. No, we didn't. I only had to turn the floodlights on one time because people were in there yeah. doing yeah. things. Yeah. Well, people treat it like a motel. Yeah. You're going to find alcohol. You're going to find all sorts of things at a movie theater. We found lots of interesting toys, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Um. So, yeah. We found... Uh, you and I found um, an adult magazine. Yes, we did. And from like nineteen eighty five. Well, and what's worse, it was it wasn't like someone from the public put it there. The employees of the movie theater probably what but that I think that magazine was dated or those magazines they were wrapped oh, yeah, they in were a, a Camelot couple, music yeah. bag. And, and you had said Camelot Musically went out of business, like yeah, they yeah they weren't around. So and like the magazines themselves, I think were like dated like ninety ninety one because the mall opened up, I think in eighty eight or eighty nine. Oh lord. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I had a projectionist. His name was uh his name was Brian, and he actually uh in in the main office there he actually crawled. Uh, through one of the walls, and because there's large gaps uh, up on the second floor, um, 
And so he he pulled out this fire extinguisher holder, crawled back uh, crawled back uh, into the wall. And I was worried about him. I was like, hey, you need to watch it because you're just walking, you know, literally on the beams that hold it up. And he found, I kid you not, a Coca-Cola can that some construction worker, I guarantee you, was just putting up the beams, just set it on one of the beams and left it there. It was dated the 1988 Olympics. (laughs) It was almost 20 years old. I think he found that. I think Brian found that in like 05 or 06. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then Josh and I found uh, adult men's entertainment magazine literally in the ceiling tiles it left by probably one of the managers, probably one of the first managers in Movie I would 6. Assume. Yeah. Yeah. It sat and up they, there. And then for, nobody found it. No. We just happened to be looking for some contraband that we that an employee may have hidden up there. And we found that. Yeah. It's like. Interesting. Yep. Looking for stolen movie posters, and we found something a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Or better. No, it was worse. It was not. It was none, worse. None of it was. It was worse. Didn't we find alcohol back there, too? Like, didn't we find, like, a container of alcohol? Yeah, that was wrong? that was in the actual room. Like, there was that little, like, closet area That's right. in the projectionist's office. That's right. Which, which guys, when we say projectionist's office, it was just a room that they threw all the crap that they didn't want and it had just been there forever. Yeah. And oh, remember we found those those episode 1 cups. Yep. And those Final Fantasy cups. Yep, we did. In in the what was that? Was that like the breaker room? Yeah, it was the breaker room. Just like throwing a bunch of crap in there. Yeah. And it's like and we used those like Final Fantasy cups all the time. Those Final Fantasy cups are awesome. Spirits Within was a good movie. It was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> By all sense of the word. It was a movie. It was a movie. Um, but yeah, there were that manager's office. There were shenanigans that happened in that manager's office before you and I. Uh, definitely, b- probably before you existed. You know, but I before was before I existed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was eighty eight. Well, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Never mind. Never mind. I'm, I'm trying to think. In in my mind, you're a kid, but I'm five. You're, you're really I'm not. Um, I'm still 16. The car all makes me sad. That's true. That's true. You guys don't age, but like we, uh, d- d- we found contraband. We found stuff hidden by employees. We ha- found stuff that was left by uh, moviegoers. It was just, it- it's just insane to think about, like all the stuff that happens. And the problem with this is, like Josh and I, we could sit here and talk about this for days because there's mm-hmm. certain things about like the hierarchy, the company that we worked for, the system that was in place that we could talk about. Um, and one of maybe the things- that'll be a Patreon episode. Maybe we'll do a, like a paid episode where it's all unrated. We can actually talk about the things that we've seen. Uh, Operation Flamingo. Everything, maybe, maybe we do that, and that's just like sponsors only. That could be good. Uh, I will say, and maybe that, we bring in that other guy. Well, I will say that the, crazy kid. The the uh, the that guy was crazy, but honestly, he he was a great manager. He was fantastic. He got manager. things done. If you needed anything done, it got done. Yes, Batman was there. That's true. That's true. That that was that was part of my A team because you know you 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 have employees you know that you know will get the job done no matter regardless then you've got other employees who are just kind of they're not so concerned about it but 
Yeah, yeah, we definitely had we definitely had a solid what was, 18. What's your what was your you're going to do a a full shift. So we'll say you're going to do a full like uh Wednesday. Full Wednesday? What's your but but you know you're going to there's a big movie. Like whatever, there's a big movie that comes out on Wednesday. Okay. Who's who's the crew that you pick? Okay. Cuz let's see how many we would have 5, wouldn't we? I th- I think in a perfect world we would. Unfortunately, the way payroll was, you know, that never happened. Yeah. We was always bare bones. But like in my in my my perfect team for movie six would have been I would have been there. And honestly, since we're doing just this hypothetical situation, I wouldn't even work. I would just be there just to supervise. I would probably put Brady in uh, uh, probably as my projectionist. I would put you as the floor manager, mm-hmm. so that way you could oversee concession and also see oversee box office. Um, I would probably make my concessionist would have to be Richard. Yeah. Um, I would say probably my ticket terror. I'm gonna go probably with Holly. Um, just because Holly would go in and she did a really good job in cleaning, you know, you and her could be able to tackle, like, you know, if it got out of hand, you could also jump behind concession in case Richard had problems. Uh, and my box office person, I'm probably just going to go with Cambria just because she was really nice to everybody. Yeah. I would, if I had to, if I wasn't going to have a runner floor, if I was going to have a projectionist. Well, no, I guess if I have a projectionist, Brady, obviously, I would put Brady as projectionist. I would have more than likely you and I as, like, the runner floor. Um, I would like to put – part of me doesn't even want a door because, I mean, it's a Wednesday. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. So I would probably put Cambria and Richard in uh, concession. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Or – Cambria and Jessica, because Jessica, whenever she needed to do her job, I never had problems with Jessica. Like I'll, whenever I needed a like a, a female restroom bathroom check, done. Whenever I needed her to do, uh, do what did we call that? The door duty where they had the like auditorium checks. Oh they something yeah, special. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, whenever she had to do a check, she would do it. Like I never had any problems with her. So you know why that is, right, Josh? Why? Because you and like Jessica kind of had this unwritten chemistry. I can see that. I mean, there was it wasn't it wasn't you know full it, it wasn't like a anime you know where it turned into something, but I mean it was just kind of this background like oh you know we're friends but you know we can we can kind of mess with one another. Anyway, uh. <laughs> It's a good thing there's no video. Yeah, uh, the people would be like, "What is going what on?" Happened there? Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, maybe, yeah, Cambrian box is always good, but yeah, like Jessica as like not the main concessionist, as like that concessionist helper, like that runner floor person uh-huh. was always great. No, yeah, no, you're exactly right about that. Because it's just like I need a popcorn, boom, boom, boom. I would have everything that I needed. Yeah. I needed nachos. I needed drinks. Anything that I called out, I got it from her. Well, and one of the things that I've kind of forgot about, and same you're... thing with Karina. I got everything I ever wanted with Karina too. She was always like, if I couldn't get Jessica, shut up. If I couldn't get Jessica, I would want Karina, just because. <laughs> Stop. You're making 
stupid faces. Nothing happened. Um, but uh, she was always my my box. Yeah. Because like I knew if I needed somebody in box, she was always there. Um, she was a good door too. Yeah. She was also a good runner floor. She could. She was really good at cleaning. So was Holly. Holly was fantastic at cleaning. Yeah. If I was gonna pull anybody to like clean with me, like if there was like a door person or anything, I'm gonna pull Holly because like we'll get it done. Well, and Josh, what's weird about it, you know, being away from it so long, there are certain things that you forget. I think part of the reason, like we had such great concessionist and this is going to come to you as soon as I say it. You remember that God awful floor that you slid on in the back of concession. Mm. I had to buy specialty shoes without falling down. I had to get those safety tread ones. They sell at Walmart just because if you, because as like we had, the guys would carry, you know, those giant soda boxes that was filled with the, uh, the concentrated soda that we'd have to hook up in the back mm-hmm. uh, for the dispenser. If you weren't paying attention with that and you put one foot forward accidentally, you could fall right on that holding yep. one of those dumb boxes. It was slick back there. And no matter how many times we mopped that thing. Always slick. It, it wouldn't matter. No, no, it was perma slick. There's, I'm sure, like in a thousand years, when archaeologists dig up the tiles that are left of movie six after World War Seven happens, they're still gonna be like, there seems to be this slimy substance that makes this tile slick, and we don't know what it is. And they're probably gonna attribute it, you know, to some religious ceremony because archaeology. If, if heaven forbid, butter leaked and you hit that butter from the butter machine thing oh yeah and that got on that floor death yeah i how many times did you fall i fell i know i i fell at least three times as a matter of fact one time i fell and actually i really hurt myself like i hurt my leg and like i actually had to have a cane like to go up and down Mm -hmm. the stairs remember that yeah yeah and that's because I fell in the back, and it's just because – it's not because I wanted to. It's just because I wasn't fully paying attention standing back there. Honestly, I think that's the reason why Jessica was so good at concession because she was so light. Mm-hmm. That did not affect her. You know, me back then, I was I was a bigger guy. So, like, anything, any force, I was falling down on the ground. Yeah, man. Like, I, I know for sure I fell twice. One of them, thank goodness, was not – on set but the other one was on set and i remember like falling and like dumping a full like well not even sorry not a full like a half butter of popcorn because it was layered and i remember like dropping that and then like looking and just being like oh that's even worse now and it's just like guys watch out like i'll try and like scoop this up and like get it out of here but I can't cl- really clean it until after set. Well, look back at look back at it because during concession when it was busy, it was a war zone. Mm-hmm. You could have up to six to seven hundred people at movie six. Now that's near capacity for movie six, and that's a lot of people. If half of those oh, people dude, when come, we had Star Wars, yeah, like we were sold out in Star Wars, and all those people wanted concession. You remember three hundred? 300 was so bad. It just wasn't the Battle of the Spartans. It was the Battle of the Concessionist. Everybody wanted concession for that. And that was in the middle of nowhere because I think that came out, what, in like March or April? Yeah, it was just We a didn't expect time. that, but everybody saw that. Yeah, Star Wars Episode Three. I can't even watch that, honestly, without thinking about, 
oh, I remember that large popcorn that was knocked over in the second row in mm-hmm. in theater house number three. Dude, I remember. I can't watch Shark Boy and Lava. Not that I would, but <laughs> like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Anytime I see anything about Shark Boy and Lava Girl, I think about that kid who vomited those cherry welches and it slid down the entire thing and the mom didn't tell us until after the movie was over so it went all the way down to the front so there was like this neon red it smelled good because it was like artificial cherry so it didn't smell like vomit but i remember having to get the mop and trying to mop that up and having to like go here and then like crap pick the mop up, go all the way around yep. and start mopping again and go all the way around and have them do that. Mul- and cause that was theater one. And I just, I will always remember sharp and lava girl for that. And I will always remember stupid cars for that stupid promo where they handed out trading cars for the movie cars and kids would open them and drop them on the floor yep. and you couldn't sweep those up. Yep. You had to physically bend down and pick those up off of the floor and good Lord. It was terrible. Do do you remember how many refunds we had to give just for strange reasons? Like, we had a movie. It was called The Ten Commandments, and it's not the Charlton Heston one. It was an animated Ten Commandments. It's one of those quirky movies that we shoved in Theater House Number 1, because Theater Number 1 sat, like, what, like 70 people, 80 people yeah. at capacity? That was which, the one where you were like, eh, you know, if people come to see this one, they Yeah, but I had to give... A lady a refund because she thought it would be the Charlton Heston one and not the animated one, even though the poster outside was in complete animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember we had a manager who shall remain nameless who dropped a movie? Yeah. Because th- here's the thing. When we had to move movies, which was every, like, it was every Thursday, basically. Yeah, every week, yeah. Um, So something would be playing in theater three because it was a big movie but then we would have to move it for a uh, into like theater four theater five probably more than likely theater four if it was still a big movie because yeah. theater four had a lot um it was 120 as opposed to the 200 that yeah, were in 203 two yeah like 230 or something like that you, you nailed it it's 230 um and so like we would so you would need two people one on each side because again this was a big huge roll of 35 millimeter film oh yeah so and it's and it's not like in a nice little bundle like you know camcorder or anything like that it's this full thing that's spread out so you would have one person on one side two arming it and the other person two arming it and we had one wonderful person who was like i'm going to move this entire movie by myself and what's even worse is, you remember the clamps we had for those movies? Yep. And when that movie fell on the ground, I think it took Brady probably a week to pick that movie off the floor. Because he had to do it little by little every day, and it was horrible. To build a movie probably takes about an hour to an hour and a half. To pick up a dropped movie probably took, probably I would say, 10 to 15 hours. Now, what I really love and my really heart for there at, at Movie 6, I was a bad general manager because I didn't have a global view of Movie 6. I loved my employees. I also loved projection. Projection was so great. and there was Well, yeah, projection was great because you could literally go upstairs and hide for all of set 
and then hide for all of not set. Well, <laughs> but but projection because there was so many there was there was technical stuff about it, and some of the best worst things that ever happened at movie six happened in projection. As a matter of fact, um, I'll tell this story. I'm gonna tell of a projectionist who started the wrong movie. We had Blade Trinity. And this was in theater house number four, four. and we also had the Polar Express. Uh-huh. This guy, he was, we had, I think Blade Trinity actually, like, ended its run, so it was just sitting down there waiting to be broke down. So we had this guy, he came in, and he was in a rush because he started the movies late, and so he gets to theater house number four, threads the wrong movie, which should have started Polar Express, but instead he started... A rated R movie, which was Trinity, and I had just came in. This was a Saturday. This was the 1 o'clock set this happened. So I came in, and I was going to work the evening shift, and I remember this this lady came out, and, and she comes out of Theater House 4, and it's got above it, says the marquee, it says the Polar Express. She comes out, she's like, man, they're in there, and they're flipping each other off. They're blowing away each other with shotguns and dropping F-bombs and... I'm looking at it, and I was like, man, the Polar Express? something is wrong with the Polar Express. And I go up there, and, and the projectionist is freaking out. He figured out what he did wrong. Not only was the movie rated R, but there were certain trailers that were red band on that, which means they were rated R, too. Mm-hmm. So those kids got all exposed to, they wanted to see a nice film featuring Tom Hanks about a train no, they got an education more and stuff than that, and we had to hand out readmits for that. I, I remember that. There and readmits was... are these little tickets that you give out like when something fails, something usually beyond our control. And there was not a way really to fix that. No. Because, I mean, like if it's digital, you can just stop it and then just restart it. So, I mean, you we had to let that movie, like give, get them, like, give them the readmits, like, and then play that movie all the way through because, like, there's only three platters on a projection yeah. thing. So if we had Blade Trinity here and then uh, – because it goes from one platter through a brain into the projector into the other platter, and that's where it rewinds the movie. Yep. And if you only, if you only have three and you've got two platters that have movies on it and one that is rewinding a movie – you can't play Polar Express because there's no way to do it. No. Now, there were times, it happened very rarely, where we played the same movie at the same time. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. Where it's, it literally, God, we, I wish I would have taken a picture of it. It was amazing. Like, from going from, like, Theater 4 to Theater 5, what was that movie that we did? We uh, didn't do it very often because no. it was hell. No, it was it was hell. That was because that... if one thing falls, if for whatever reason, because like the spools are on like the wall, drilled into the wall, yeah, into the ceiling, and if something happens with a spool and it falls, that film is getting on the ground is getting scratched, yeah, and you're screwed. Well, let me. Uh... Let me uh let me throw this uh your way about uh specifically about movies. There s- some of the best things that I remember about movie 6 is like on a Thursday night because in or- we had to build up these movies. Mm-hmm. And movies came labeled with headers and footers and you had to make sure before you showed it to the public that that movie 
was built up correctly. So we would have preview nights. We'd come in Thursday night. We'd invite a couple of our friends, and we'd watch these movies. We that, would trade popcorn yeah. to uh, Sabaros yeah, and, and get Mrs. Pizza. Fields but to there, get food. There were also bad things with that because, like, there were nights, like, I had to not only build up Catwoman, I had to watch Catwoman, and I got paid to watch Catwoman, and I still regretted it. There was the unfortunate issue of Superman Returns as well i don't know how did that happen do you i still don't know how that happened i don't know i guess half of shawnee figured like, out that... literally people just came yeah. and i don't know if it was sabaros telling people to come see the movie like i don't think they were doing it i think there was employees doing it yeah there had to be because like i think i brought oliver because i think that maybe oliver and james those are the only two. Yeah. Like, none of my other, all of my other friends, the, we did basketball, and those are the only two nerds on the basketball team. So, like, those are the only, and you, like, we had had Oliver and James on, like, for yeah, multiple I knew them. things. Yeah, yeah, I knew them. But, like, this was, like, because a preview night at Max had, what, 20 people? Yeah. Max. Max. We had basically the entire auditorium I think it was three full of people. I was so mad. It's like, what the hell? Yeah, I was so mad. You were mad, and then in Hancock, when, it... not gonna name names, broke a neon light with my soccer ball. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be playing soccer inside a movie theater, but... Yeah. But, you know, it's... you know. To ab- be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair, we had gone to Walmart, and my soccer ball was in the office when we left. That's true. So it was taken out from the office without my permission. Well, you know, I can laugh about it now. At the time, it was just you were, uber that's serious. That's the maddest I've ever seen you. Oh, I've been madder than that after that, but it wasn't a, wasn't a movie six. But, yeah, but, you know, that's... It's just, it's just one of those things. I can laugh about it now because I'm like, okay, you know, just, some, just some teenage kids. The older I get, the the more I look back at that, and it's like, you know, it's like, why did these people do this? Oh yeah, it's because they're teenagers. Yeah. I mean, that, that's because no we surprise. Stupid. Well, it's it's no surprise. It's like, oh okay, well yeah, that that is gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, the amount of stuff that I got did and got away with in that place, no way. That was now. No. No, no, there's no, there's Plus, no way. Plus, we couldn't do it now. There's no. no way. Like, there's stuff that you could get away with in 2005 that no possible way now. No, there's One, no I would way. be way too scared now to even attempt it. Yeah. But I was brash and foolish back then. Yeah. And it was like, I'm king of the world. I'm getting an Xbox. And that was it. Yeah. We had your bachelor party there. Yeah, we, we did. We played Xbox. We played, uh, was that Halo it was, 3? It's Halo 3. It's Halo 3. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that. That was fun times. That was a fun time. We had we had all the guys there. They brought monitors, and you know, one of the things that I regret is now because we worked with analog stuff. We worked with thirty-five millimeter. They have digital stuff now, and I know you can hook. Oh yeah, consoles it's just, it's just into HDMI that. To HDMI, man, that's it. Yeah, be, it would have been so good. Yeah, because but there was no way that we were going to fit one of those 
into a one of those projectors oh yeah an xbox no there's it would explode no there's no way there's no way i remember when you had to change the bulbs bulbs were scary because they're xenon bulbs and if you drop them they make they that you're supposed to wear a vest you're supposed to wear a kind of like it looks like a welder's hood you're supposed to wear gloves because if you drop those your your face and whatever exposed skin you have is going to look like a porcupine and those those xenon bulbs well, there's xenon gas in them and like what the projectionist does when they first start a movie before they even start the movie they go up and they strike the bulb and literally it's two electrodes that arc and literally it ignites the gas inside that inside that bulb and so that light is so hot that's why you see like it burning the film if you're in close proximity to that that's why it's also in a little metal container because it is hot what was the worst uh projector to strike I can't remember. Was it theater number one? It was one. One of them took one forever. One would never strike. You'd be like, okay, this movie starts in 15 minutes. I'm going to strike it now yeah. and pray. Like you could get every single movie on and started before theater one. And even then, more than likely, it wouldn't strike. Well, you remember that horrible sound that it made? Yeah, yeah because like, oh. you'd have to sit there and deal with it and pray. And, and I remember a couple times it never struck. Nope. Now, luckily, one of those, nobody sold. I was just starting a movie, and that was that was when I was hyper-vigilant about doing my job 100% like of the time. like starting the movie at all times, yeah, at just all in times. case somebody walks in yeah. later. Yeah, but no no one ever came in, but it didn't strike. I let the movie play. That... Yep. Uh, and here's another horrifying thought that I'm so glad that you and I are out of that job. And today we live in a world... We worked at Movie 6. There weren't credit cards. Everything was in cash. And so, like, if we had major blockbusters, we had the holidays. I actually had nightmares about because, like, literally a teenager and I or the manager on duty, we'd take all the money we made, we would count it, we would make deposits, and then we would take it to the bank after we were done. It got scary, scary, like... Um, back in 2003 when I worked there in the holidays because I remember having like $11,000, $15,000 to deposit at night and I would go outside holding this money with a teenager and thinking, man, this if someone knew what was going down, if they were watching us, they could they they would kill for that amount of money. Well, dude, I remembered in when we like when I started and I had to go with first manager and I had to go on like I would have to follow him to Arvest to the deposits, and then when I started doing those, like it was a dual control thing. Like we we had the dual control to get into the theater, all like that was always a dual control thing, and then it was a dual control to leave. But like for whatever reason, we just stopped doing dual control, taking the money to the yeah. bank. It was like once we saw them in the car and leave, we were like good to go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I remember like going like following him and getting followed to our vest to make sure that we drop the money off. Yeah. And then Carl becomes the manager who's like, who cares? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but that was that was a scary thing. And the older I get, the realize uh, I realize how really scary that situation is. I'm so glad, you know, that nothing fortunately Nothing ever happened with that, but that could have been a that could have been a nightmare scenario. Oh, dude. I remember having. I, dude, remember when we had to go to Arvest and get a cash order? Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Well, you, remember, you had like 
10 grand on you in like 20s and fives yeah. and ones and quarters. Well, and... you you remember when we had to put money in the safe like when cars, I hated cars. I can't even watch cars today without getting mad because I upped the petty cash that was in the safe to I think it was $1500 because we're only dealing in cash. People can't bring can't use their credit cards. Mm-hmm. They can't use their debit cards. Which would have been back then, you know, a newer novel concept, but everything was cash. And so I remember I got $500 in quarters because that was the first thing we'd always run out of. Always and I remember Brady, he came up the stairs because I was, I don't know what I was doing. I was, I think, taking a nap because I was, I came on, I was kind of just overseeing, but I had like a shift that night. I was by theater house number four and Brady came up there and he was mad and I was like, dude, what's going on? And he's like, when did we do the change order? And I was like, well, we got it. We picked it up, you know, the the night before. He's like, yeah, those $500 quarters, they're all gone. $500 of quarters gone. And we had to sit there, and I had to sit there. I, and it's one of those points I actually sat down and cried. And then, for some reason, I had that stroke of genius of, hey, We've got money and bills. Let's go to the car wash. So I went to the car wash and probably got a, about 100 to $150 worth of quarters just out of the car wash. So everyone was probably ticked off when they came to the car wash and couldn't get quarters. Like this but guy I just it. putting bills in. Yeah, so I was feeding it, and, I, and we rolled all those, and that thankfully got us through that first week of cars. Like, like we had concession, like, you know, the little candy displays that we had where we had candy in them? All the candy was gone. Cars, cars was and those and those candies, guys, they were there for a while. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember eating one of those bags. Like before, we were smart enough and took all like the almonds out of the bags when we just put like a thing of like actual candy in that display case. Uh-huh. They were so melted, it was like a block. I was like, this is still fine. I'll still eat it. It's good. But it was one of those was like, this is the dumbest thing. Like, we should just, like, get a box of Butterfingers and just, like, tape it up, which I think we ended up doing. Yeah, that's what we did. Oh, man. Yeah, you remember we had those those concession buckets behind concession to where we could point to and people would be like, okay, this is a small bag, this is a medium bag, this is a large bag. Mm-hmm. You know, what's funny is if you ever took those down every once in a while, there would always be wadded up pieces of paper in them because people would be playing basketball with mm-hmm. them, basically. And they were all employees. You'd be like, uh, trying yep. to make it in. Oh, man. Oh, man. And, dude, the amount of dust that was in those. Like, remember oh, when yeah. we moved, we changed from Wallace to Hollywood, and we had to take all those down, and it was just, like, yep. dust. Like, dust that had been there since probably 94. Yep. Yep. Well, that carpeting that was in Movie 6 when you and I worked there, I know for a fact it's the same carpeting that they installed when the movie theater opened. And high-traffic carpeting you're supposed to replace, I think it's every two to three years. The seats were the same. It was... Remember when they replaced the carpet on the ramp and the stairs, and then they were going to replace the carpet everywhere, and then they just stopped? (laughs) They were like, hmm, this is a lot. And even then, it was like, it's already gone. Like, the carpet, like, we already had, it's like, we only had it for, like, a few months, and it was already, like, worn. And I was like, ooh. Do you remember how... 
And and honestly, guys, uh, if you, if this gets a really good response from you guys about this, because you know, for Josh and I, this is just memories. We'll do something, uh, you know, where. Uh, do you have Patreon? Is that what you use? Oh, uh, we don't have one yet. I want us to create one. But we could get, because I've always had this kind of fantasy about, like, doing a tell-all expose book of, like, what happens at a movie theater. Because people would always ask me, like, after I quit it, you know, is that a place that you should really let your teenager work at? And my first simple answer is no. Just because of everything that goes on there. But long answer would be, yeah, because they really do get good exposure to like, uh, to really some really good work ethic. And they also get exposure to the world pretty fast. You, yeah. uh, but I wanted to make a book entitled the man upstairs, you know, memoirs of a projectionist about the movie theater industry, because I know for a fact, everything that happened at movie six was not just happened there. I'm guarantee it. It happened every movie theater had to. Had to. There's no way that our experiences were unique. I think some of our experiences were unique. <laughs> yeah, there you're were, probably right about that. There were some of them that there's no possible way. Like, I don't know how... First off, you know what's stupid that we did? We... Concession... I mean, uh, box, or the box office where you would buy your tickets, that was exact... I mean, that was basically quarters there was no tax on box office yep when you got to concession that's when we had to have tax yeah there was tax if we didn't have tax there would be no reason for us to have any nickels dimes pennies anything like that we would just have quarters Mm -hmm. and it would have been glorious yeah it would have made everything so much easier but no i hate that to this day (laughs) that we had to do all of that crap Josh's hatred of change comes from stems from movie six, and I will say there are things that since like for Josh and I, this is one of our first jobs that you'll pick up that carries into every other job Mm -hmm. that can be a sore spot like really fast. Like I don't deal with like now. I think we live in a great age where people will call out Karens because everyone has like a basically a camera in their pocket and they can catch people acting bad. When Josh and I worked there, that that couldn't happen because people didn't have cameras. And so, like, we had to contend with just a bunch of, like, honestly stupidity from certain segments of the public. Like, I had a woman who yelled at me because uh, she bought a large drink. She picked it up from the top from the lid, and it spilled out, and it got everywhere. And she tore into me like a monkey on a cupcake for 10 minutes because I need to order better lids or make better lids that won't fall off when she picks it from the top of this gigantic uh, amount of soda. We had people come in that would always get free movies for whatever reason. Um, Mainly because I think we just didn't want to argue with her. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, just come in, bring your stupid dog. Well, and we also had, you remember, since we were in the mall, we had a pizza place right next to us, and people would literally buy a whole pizza and try to walk right in with it in Movie 6. They'd try And they'd try that, and I'm going to be honest. If they were a little bit sneaky about yeah, same. it, I'd let it go. I'd be like, okay, at least you're concealing it. But we had too many people just walking, just holding a hot, piping hot pizza and try to sneak it in. And we've got signs. All we had to do was point be like, no outside food or drink. That was it. And they'd get so upset about that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, like, you know, like, 
this there's this there's no way that this is your first movie theater experience one because i've seen you here multiple times yeah and i've told you no food or drinks before multiple times there is that one kid i think he worked at hot topic who would come in and because he would always have when he came in he would always have a hot topic bag i don't know if he worked there or if he just like shopped there a lot but he would always bring in kfc snackers because right. like I would always see him come in with a hot topic bag, but he would never leave with the hot topic bag because he was always smart and he would throw the hot topic bag away. But there was one time when like the trash cans overflowed uh-huh. and he just had to like put it down. And I happened to look in the hot topic bag; it was full of KFC snacker wrappers. And I'm like, dude, I will let you do this all the time now because one, you're clever about it. It took me like at least six tries for me to figure out yeah. what you're doing. Like good job. Like I'm fine with that. Well, um, I had I had a kid who teenager who'd come in and see movies. He'd see movies. I think it felt for a long time, at least once a week during the weekend, he'd come in and see a movie, and he always brought an umbrella, and I never knew why because it'd be summer, winter, fall. You'd be in the middle of a drought, and this kid's bringing just like a standard umbrella every time with him to the movie six. At first, I thought, okay, maybe he's just preparing for bad weather because this is Oklahoma. It can just rain out of nowhere. But I watched him one time. I went up in a projection and watched him. He was, he would, he would, uh, in the umbrella, he'd put his hand out and he'd pull out a 20 ounce Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and so, and he, I saw him do it afterwards, but I never got onto him because I was like, that's pretty clever. That's pretty smart. Also, guys, if you're watching a movie and you're thinking about trying something, just know that that projectionist is watching you. You're never going to be able to see them nine times out of ten because they keep the pro- like. We, you got to keep the projection room dark because I mean, it's a, literally a light and people are going to see it and it's going to ruin the movie. We can see everything that you're doing. Oh yeah, like we can look in there and just look and just see. So everything that you're doing, boys and girls in the movie theater. Oh yeah, we know. Yeah, we can see you. We know. And as a matter of fact, it, and Josh probably feels the same way. Once you become a projectionist, you have first you go through your noviceship, you go through your apprenticeship, and then you get mastery. And then because you start eighteen movies a day. Um, because you start, there's six movies, uh, that you start during a set. You do that three times a day if it's a full working day. And so you start that 18 times time and time again of doing that. You will automatically look beyond the glass and into like the crowd that's below and you will pick up on behavior that's normal and behavior that's not normal. And if it's Mm -hmm. not normal, that's the first thing you notice. You're like, okay, what's going on here? As a matter of fact, when we had Transformers, which was a bad movie, I don't I don't like Transformers because it was consistently sold out. Josh, weren't you the guy that you you literally? Ad- I was about to bring this up. You literally that was the day that you made me an assistant manager, and then I was up in projection and I saw a dude with his phone out just recording the movie, and it was like. All right, so you gave me this thing, and I had to put a tie on with my assistant manager name tag and be like, bro, like, come with me. And so he had to take him out of the theater. It's like, you got to delete your phone. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, during that time, the most prevalent phone at that time was a Razor. Yeah. But, but that little screen, I know kids would look at that phone today and be like, that's no phone. Literally, you could see that because it was so bright from just looking at it projection. It stuck out like a sore thumb. I can't imagine what projections have to deal with now where people are basically bringing tablets in 
be yeah. like, whoa, I could totally tell what you're doing. Well, I mean, I honestly, I don't think like projectionist is a thing anymore because I mean, you just set a digital thing on a timer and That's just true. start. That's true. They're uh, they're digital now, so you don't you don't have all the fun of building movies up and. You know, it's just a different you don't, time. You don't have to go and preview them anymore. It's there's, a lost there's art. No, there's no reason to do it. No. Like, I can still, like, starting, take the thing off. We're going to wind it through. We're going to go over. Yep. You're going to bring it over. over. You're gonna and bring then we're going to down and then up into this. And then we're going to uh, up on by the projection and yep. we're going to string it down. Yep. And we're going to here, we're going to make sure we have a little bit of a loop. Yep. Uh, we're going to thread, thread, thread. And then we're going to thread here. But before that, we're going to make sure that we put uh, rubbing alcohol on a toothbrush and go squeak, 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 squeak yep. to make sure everything's good. And then we're going to go down and we're going to go all the way down and we're going to loop. And then we're going to go up, over. I can't remember if it went like that. I think it just went over I think into it, the. Yeah. Did it? Did it do one of these? It did and a then U shape. A, it did a, a U, U shape. Remember? A W. Yeah. Up and down, then up down. In, and then we're gonna go around with the uh, sound bar up, and we're going to launch that onto the. Oh no! Wait. We go sound bar up or sound bar down. Sound bar up. Sound, bar, sound up. bar up. Yeah, because we didn't want to get a scratch. So we did the sound bar up, and then we take that little notchy bit that we've taped on the edge yeah, on of the leader film, tape. and we're gonna tug that into the uh, into the into the the, the spool, the of, spool the of the spool yeah. of the and then we're going to spin that a little bit until it catches, and then we're gonna start the fucking movie. Yep. Oops. Start the freaking movie. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and I know you guys are probably like, "What is going on?" But literally to do that. Think about, like, um, if you guys ever seen a VHS tape, like, movies were basically kind of, like, dealing with that, but at a raw level. Basically, the cassette's undone, and you actually had to s basically thread the film through the projector and wind it way back. You're basically dealing with, like, an open cassette. That's how films were. I wish I could show what I just talked about. But there's no way that I could possibly show that. The only resource that, and if you guys really want to get into what we're talking about, and uh, I was so nerdy about projection, there used to be a form on the internet. It's film-tech.com. You could get on there and you could actually like, uh, uh, basically kind of not subscribe to the website. But you'd fill out an account and you can actually post on their bulletin board sections. And they had actual videos of like people like building up and tearing down oh, and awesome. talking about. I don't know if they're still around because I had to post some stuff, like in film tech, just to do like. And this is going to get gross, but you remember back in concession when we had, uh, you know, the uh, fountain drinks. Well, oh. the, the, the if you remember that pipe that led down when you get those fountain drinks, it would collect that fluid that that leftover fluid, that excess soda fluid, and that line would get clogged up with that nasty congealed. I always mm -hmm. called them Coke snakes. Yeah. And they smelled bad. And so I had to get online and post in filmtech.com. And I was like, what do I do about this? And someone actually recommended a product that you can actually put down there and get a powder. And other people are like, well, you can pour vinegar or just really irrigate it after, after the, uh, after your last movie showing at night, just fill it with water and just irrigate it out. Yeah. That's when we started, when we cleaned the the fountain machines, yeah, which I don't remember us ever having to do before, we take the the fountain machines off. Like we would take the little nozzles off the fountain machines yeah, and let and them pull soak. Those little things. I remember originally, weren't we soaking them in Sprite? We were, 
there were so I will tell this, and since this is basically an expose, um, yeah, I'm the one that busted us on the workplace violations back in 2003 <laughs> because literally the health inspector stepped in and he was like, okay, I don't want a bunch of garbage. Tell me what's going on. And I was afraid of this man because I was like, dude, this is the health inspector. So I need to be straight up. So I walked through everything in concession. I was like, this has gone wrong. I don't feel this is good. We're taking the brooms and we're doing this with them. And it's not. And so he wrote all this down and like, and like we got busted on like I can't remember how many violations, but like Wallace Theaters had to pay to fix that, and he came several times. We finally got it up to code, but yeah, but like we had kids, you know, and they're just teenagers. Some of them would just do really dumb things. Like I had one that I had to constantly get on, who would take the broom that would sweep the back concession area, and then they would turn the kettle upside down on the popcorn machine and clean it out. And I was like. Don't do that. That's how someone's going to get sick. They're like, well, it gets hot enough to kill it. And I was like, don't do that. That's sick. We don't do it that way. And I, I, I didn't know any of the, you know, health codes, but I knew I was, had enough common sense to say, hey, we can't be doing this. You know what we should have done? Instead of the way that we cleaned the popper, we should have, we should have taken. It's the wind. Uh, we should have taken the popper like apart each night, taken it off of the thing and cleaned it like that. That's yeah. what we should have done. Yeah. Instead of trying to get what wet paper towels. Yeah, that was that was an that was an inefficient system. Yeah. But you know that's no one showed us a, a better way, and I hate to say that because a lot of things on that job you were passed down from people that may have had really good intentions in showing you how to do it or really bad intentions and showed you all the shortcuts so you learned it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you're 16 years old, and it's like if this person who's worked there for, you know, and who is older than you is telling you, like, this is the way that you do it, I don't think I ever questioned how until somebody came along and was like, okay, we need to start doing it like this. Yeah. Like, before then, it was just like, okay, yeah, we're going to take yeah. these off and we're going to put them in Sprite. Well, there was no communication, and really soaking plastic in Sprite all night's probably not good for the plastic. But acid. I think, wasn't that the thing? It was like, because it's lemon-lime, it's got like Yeah, acid. no, that's exactly, that's what I was told, because it was lemon-lime. I was like, oh, a sugary drink. And then we just started like, let's just do hot water. I'm sorry, we didn't have hot water. Let's just do water. Well, we just soaked it in water. Well, for a long time, I remember when I was there, and you probably remember this, people would just take those little nozzles off and not clean them. And I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, this is gross. This is, this is, this is beyond gross. Do you remember, before, before we end, uh, in the concession stand, we had that grate where, you know, whenever we mopped, we would push oh, everything yeah. in that grate. And there would be some times where a little kernel of popcorn would fall in those grates. And then randomly you would come in on like a Tuesday afternoon to start opening concession and there would be a little bitty corn plant. Yep. <laughs> yep. It would start growing out of, out of this grime in this back sink area in a concession where there's just this filth that's all gone down this drain because it's it's coke filth it's water filth from where we had to wash down the the grates for the popper yep so you're just like spraying it with water and it's getting everywhere and conveniently that's what you would use to mop because there was already water there from cleaning the popper yep so you would use that like 
water that's got like bits of popcorn and everything in it to mop but you would also throw you know some cleaner in there too because you know you need to be safe uh because you wanted to make it clean so you would put that so somehow these plants were growing with this water grime popcorn essence soapy chemicals that would probably if they touched your skin you it may melt like but these things were resilient that's what we should have used to end world hunger is what we should have should have gotten one of those and like be like unicef please well and 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 to me looking back at that that's kind of like the end of wally you know where you've got this one (laughs) plant you know in a in desolation and uh josh i'm gonna i'm gonna change it up a little bit for you i don't know if you remember remember this but i'm about to speak about something that um you may have not had to deal with, but I had to deal with it. We had a marquee that was right by the road, and whoever built the marquee, and well, whoever built the marquee, they didn't build it high enough because we would have teenagers stop by. Like we had, okay, guys, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say the word, but you can figure it out. We had in a week, we got Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate events, which on the marquee just read unfortunate events. The other movie that we got was, uh, it was Meet the Fockers, F-O-C-K-E-R-S. Well, guess what? The teenagers struck that night, that first night, and changed a couple of the vowels around, and so we got some very angry complaints about that. Also, that marquee, they were these flimsy plastic little tiles that you would put up here and there would be times when you're like oh no we only have like four a's <laughs> or four that. d's forgot and it's like that. oh no this is you know duran duran the movie and then like i don't know uh dodge durango presents dora the explorer and you're like oh shoot we need a d so we take a c <laughs> take and get up. this black duct tape and take make the up. most ghetto thing ever i will say what was really fun is like whenever you know one of those did break break enough that you were like i can't use this anymore you just like throw them into the throw them into the parking uh. lot and just watch them break and like hope be like i'm just gonna throw it straight up in the air and maybe it'll fall down and break but like we had, yeah, and those ki- and those kids. Not only did they do that, we had a back area where we had a marquee that had the posters and the times. Um, basically, um, where the food court was at movie six, that lot, that parking lot right there. We had somebody get a pellet gun and at least once every four months would drive through and shoot that out. And like, so we had to contend with that. And on that marquee, like I actually have a picture of it. I took it. Uh, this would have happened during probably 2006 we've got uh we had a land of a thousand hoes which someone put out we also have vaginal maze on there so we had to deal with a lot of a lot of things you know there's not much to do in shawnee and when the kids realize that if you're taller than five feet you can manipulate those marquee letters by god they did it they're also all the people, you know, stealing in the back and getting in the back and taking posters from theaters. Oh, God, I forgot say, about like, that. Just taking them and just be like, it's not that you took the poster. It's that now I have to fix the poster. Like, I gotta yeah. put another one in there. And posters come rolled. So trying to put a rolled poster mm-hmm. and make it flat, it's just like, 
Well, you remember those clamps because the the clamps and the clamps didn't work half the time. Well, and the clamps, you remember there were a couple of them. It was like if I ever got my finger caught in that, well, my do. finger would be coming yeah. off. Because some well, of those, like, th- those, are those ones in like those ones in the back hallway, you would like put it up there and then just like pray that it stays there because like it's not clamping to that clipboard or that wood part so it would just fall straight down so you would get basically all the way down to the bottom ready to clamp the last one and the entire poster would just fall out and yep. be in your hands and you'd just be like i did all that where there was five minutes and then i just need someone kept busting terrible. us because the exit signs like they had little tube fill they had little filament lights in them that we had to order. Someone called the fire department at least I had to deal with that at least four times of uh, the fire department coming out, the police or the uh, the fire chief marshal coming out and saying, "Oh, I'm here because there's a complaint on your exit signs." And so I would unscrew the light bulb, put another one back in, but seriously, we would, we would get complaints about that. Everything that we did, I, I've learned at Movie 6, someone would complain about in some aspect or function. And, you know, that's kind of helped me with life because now when I deal with, like, you know, someone telling me about something wrong, I just kind of goes one in, in one ear and out the other. Now, not that I won't take it seriously, but it's just like, oh, okay, I haven't heard that before. Well, yeah. Back when I was in my 20s working at a movie six, honestly not knowing what I'm doing, hey, everybody complained about everything I did. Oh, wow. When was this picture taken? So I was looking at movie six online, and I'm just like, wow, when was this picture of movie six taken? Oh, it's it's well after us. They've got the TVs up there. Remember when they put that one TV that we never like we never put it up did well, we no we put we put the one up that was above the coke room that's right that it was never on that's right because it, it had a stupid vcr yeah and it would never work yeah oh, I, I, I miss that. chris eric chris eric stevenson oh movie, movie tunes? tunes i miss those did you say you you have one of those cds no but oh. i but, but again there's people on film tech I think they recorded some of those, so you That's can actually awesome. get online and listen to I would love this movie tunes I, with Chris Eric Stevens. Yeah, I loved him so much. I remember listening, like, whenever Popular came on, I was like, yay, Popular, I get to clean to Popular. Now, like, from the hit Broadway musical, Wicked. Now, Josh, I know this is going to spin into something you may not want to talk about, but me being a projectionist and really be me, like, really loving that aspect of the job, um, projection was haunted. There was oh, there was, was something up there for sure, and I hated because we had to turn the lights off in projection, mm. and the light switch was all the way by these stairs that we would walk up, and so you'd have to walk through projection in pitch black dark. I hated that. There was, as a matter of fact, I'm not one who's really for paranormal stuff, but that last day, right before movie six became folded into Jones' hands, you remember how. Like, the crew, you and I, all the past crew, we met up there. I think Cambry was there, Brady was there, Macy was there. Mm-hmm. We took a picture, and in that last picture, which I still have, um, there's... there's there orbs? Yeah, there were orbs. And I really think it was that whatever is there is just saying, okay, goodbye. I wouldn't be surprised. Would not be... Projection was straight up haunted. Remember that back kill alley where we kept the... Uh... The ladder. Oh yeah, someone graffitied it. Remember that the road on the wall. Uh huh. Yeah, but like, 
I wanted to film like a zombie apocalypse bit in there just because like there was that light that would flicker. Yeah. And it's just like, ooh, this is scary. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. Uh, that was a lifetime ago. Carl, this is fun. Josh, this was really fun trip back in history. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give your socials? Do you care? Uh, I'm on Facebook, Carl Valentine. You can look me up. Uh, if you want to send me an email, my uh, email address is baptistmonk, B-A-P-T-I-S-T-M-O-N-K, at AOL.com. Yeah, I'm that old to have enough of uh, <laughs> AOL account. It's not a GeoCities, so it's okay. Oh, man, I miss GeoCities. What was that one email that everybody got a number? Oh, yeah, I can't remember. I that. remember I had one, but it was a very low, I mean, it was a very high number because, you know, the low numbers were the ones to get it. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, it was one of the, it was an invite-only thing. That's right, I remember that. Ugh, garbage. But I will say, you know, I'll conclude on this. Uh, my statement at the first I made of this, you know, it was the best times, it was the worst of times. It was a really magical job, and you know, like the th parts of that job even still continue with me today. Like I wouldn't be sitting in the studio, you know, conversing with one of my friends if I hadn't worked at Movie Six. So I mean, there were some bad things that happened there. Could you imagine if I would have gotten hired at Foot Locker instead of Movie Six? Dude, you would like, like we wouldn't, we wouldn't know Brady, we wouldn't know Cambria. We just would have been people, and that mm -hmm. that always excites me because it's like, man, you know. Just what if, just because we all decided to work at Movie 6. And that's one of those jobs, like, I've had jobs since then, I don't think about them, but I think about Movie 6. Right. I worked at a bank, and I'm just like, I don't have any good memories of that place. Like It was like right after Movie 6, I started working at that place, and I was just like, yeah, I don't have any good memories there. Movie I... 6, like, I have so many reminiscing memories of this place it's it's ma yeah you're right it's like it's magical it's a yeah. fantastic there, place there is yeah i sold mattresses for seven and a half years after movie six and guess what i don't have any type of memories like i do at movie six it was just the right time and the right place in shawnee oklahoma mm-hmm uh yeah you can find me on twitter and instagram at josh l kane find the podcast on instagram at what's up fandom um on uh, Twitter at WhatsApp Fandom PC for podcasts, all episodes, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, and on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. Carl, thanks so much for coming on, man. Hey, thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. No problem. And yeah, if like Carl said, if you guys are interested in us doing uh, maybe a little thing, or if you're a uh, aspiring novelist that wants to do a the man upstairs, the man upstairs, would that be a would that be an autobiography if they like write it for you? Ghost right? I don't. I don't know. I'd, I I'm, I'm, I always get biography and autobiography. I'd want to turn it into a novel because I would I would say I, w I would if you want I'd, to be a ghostwriter for Carl. Well, I'd put it out and be like, okay, how many facts in this are actually true? Because I'd make it like ninety five percent factual. And people would be like, no way that happened. Like none of that actually. Oh happened. yeah. Like, and just that like happened. at the end, be like, some of the events in this are true, and some of them are like at the beginning, and then at the end, be like, every single thing was true. Every <laughs> single thing happened. Now. Like, I shat you not. This all happened. Now, I will say before we close out today, you know, the one of the things, if you live in an area where you've got a local movie theater, hey, during this pandemic that's going on, I really encourage you, you know, to go support them. At least go see a movie because that's something that because of the pandemic and because of the culture shift that we've got going on, just like malls are fading out, movie theaters are fading out too. And, mm -hmm. and that's sad to me because that's a, 
that's a venue of entertainment that like honestly i think like mark our kids and our kids kids they'll be like oh yeah that's how they used to see stuff back in the day i mean i'm not 100 percent sure when this episode's gonna come out but i mean like regal shut down all their theaters yeah it's like if that's still going on like my goodness yeah and there's only two theater chains in 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 major theater chains in the united states one's regal who's the biggest in amc that's it you know it's uh to me, it's uh, I've got a little tear in my eye when I see that because you know the I think everyone who's gone to a movie theater, it's the environment. You know, you get popcorn, you sit down, and you can watch. Have you ever noticed that if you watch a comedy and it's not in a theater, it's not as funny? It's because it's a community action. You go and you're laughing with everyone else. You're seeing it on a big screen. You've got these gigantic speakers pumping out sound. It's it's in that in and of itself is a magical experience. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you sell, like, popcorn? No. 